This is an RNZ podcast. The Prime Minister's office billed it as a minor reshuffle. Instead, Jacinda Ardern threw the pack in the air. The resignation of Immigration, Justice and Broadcasting Minister Chris Farfoy. The end of Speaker Trevor Mallard's 35-year parliamentary career. The axing of Portal Williams as Police Minister to be replaced by Chris Hipkins. That was News Hub at 6 last Monday night on TV Channel 3, channelling its own reporter's irritation about a cabinet reshuffle, trailed by the Prime Minister's people that morning as no big deal. But political reporters, always on a hair trigger for even the hint of a possible ministerial scalp, were not persuaded by that. Now, in the end, it was just one minister who was on the way out altogether and of his own free will, but several others had themselves and their portfolios moved around, and in some cases, down. On her show the next day, Today FM's Tova O'Brien seemed positively offended by the Prime Minister seeking to spin significant switches as just a minor matter. Impeccably polished was Jacinda Ardern as she wielded her bloody axe in her velvet-gloved hand announcing her minor reshuffle. Impeccably polished until she was asked by our political editor, Newsroom's Joe Moyer, if it was dishonest for her office to have described the reshuffle as minor. The unflappable became quite flapped as she realised her usual managing of expectations had transcended into farcical fibbery. Tova O'Brien reckoned that this sort of spin was a reason that people had lost trust in politics. Though the question of whether the media might play a part in that by overhyping such stuff, with florid language about scalping, sword-wielding and making assumptions about politicians' self-serving intent, didn't get an airing. So how did the Prime Minister actually respond when asked why she minimised Monday's ministerial reshuffle? I think probably if I'd come out and said it was major, you'd then say it's only two people, why did you call it major? Um, I think it's probably possible to get slightly too hung up on the language. Uh, there's no, it's no easy way to describe this. There's one person leaving Cabinet, so do I consider that to be major? No. Some people who have an interest in these portfolios may, though, so I guess it's open for interpretation. And there was certainly plenty of interpretation about that among the commentators. Tova O'Brien went on to say that all this matters because it's those portfolios that really matter to us in the real world. Policies matter. Who and how they are implemented and communicated matters. I'm talking about police, ram-raided retailers, split migrant families, gang victims, offshore nurses, onshore hospitals, the health front line, midwives, pregnant women, the list goes on. And so did Tova O'Brien and her fellow Today FM host Lloyd Burr, though he appeared to contradict his former News Hub Press Gallery colleague's claim that real issues behind the reshuffle were what mattered. When he pondered the apparent demotion of Police Minister Portal Williams, Lloyd Burr concluded that perception, or what they call optics, matters more. Now behind the scenes, she might have been working, but if that was the case, she failed time and time again to reassure the public of that. In the end, the optics made it look like she was incompetent and soft on crime, probably thanks to the huge deluge of attacks from the opposition. And when senior Herald political reporter Thomas Coglin was asked on Wednesday if the new police minister, Chris Hipkins, would make a difference, his measure for that seemed to be whether he could please voters in the next general election. I mean, ultimately, it's going to be pretty hard, one would think, to smash the gangs um, before the election. He came out this morning and, and, and criticised National for, for rhetoric, sort of empty rhetoric around, around gangs, but he needs some way of measuring his success between now and the election. And when it comes to measuring success in the police portfolio, the pundits and political reporters will probably do it for him at election time, maybe even with a mark out of 10. But when that time comes, they'll probably talk about optics then as well and not about progress on crime beyond the horizon of one election or whatever the opposition policies happen to be at the time. 
Meanwhile, on Tuesday, Stuff Climate Change editor Eloise Gibson took to Twitter to lament the media narrative that the conservation portfolio switch to Potter Williams was one that underachieving ministers get demoted to. Who really needs the natural world, she asked, with tongue-in-cheek, prompting her staff colleague Charlie Mitchell to point out many people devote their lives to it and much of the tourist trade depends upon it. But at the political level, the conservation ministry is where you go to survive a bad news cycle. Now, all that seemed to chime with what the Prime Minister said when she was seeking to downplay this reshuffle to sceptical reporters that it would only be a big deal to some people with an interest in the specific portfolios affected. And media certainly did have a specific interest in one of the portfolios shared by Chris Farfoy so he could spend more time with his family, the job of broadcasting and media minister. After he took that over in 2018, the Labour Party's policy pivoted from funding RNZ for more multimedia public media output to creating a brand new not-for-profit public media entity to replace RNZ and state-owned TVNZ next year. And in budget 2022 last month, the government committed more than $300 million over the next three years to part fund that. Last Monday, the Prime Minister praised the former TVNZ political reporter's part in the biggest policy change in public broadcasting for 30 years like this. He's done a huge amount of work in the public broadcasting space at a time when we have wanted uh, to see greater investment uh, in public broadcasting. Uh, That agenda continues. Uh, that, That agenda has already been set. On Chris Farfoy's watch, the government also began part-funding journalism for a range of commercial media companies as well, via New Zealand On Air and the controversial Public Interest Journalism Fund. So all that's quite a bit of change set in train by a man who was made the Minister of Broadcasting less than 10 years after he finished up as a political reporter at Parliament for TVNZ. And Chris Farfoy told the current parliamentary press pack last Monday... Look, I think the privilege of sitting around the cabinet table was something that I never imagined I'd ever do when I walked into this place um, with a microphone and a camera. But when asked why he was now walking away from all of that, Chris Farfoy said this... You, you, you want to see things through, but you also, if you have a line in the sand that's a date, then that's just the reality of it. On Monday, the Prime Minister also revealed that Chris Farfoy had in fact drawn that line earlier. He planned to step away before the last election, which was before Cabinet had confirmed the new public media entity plan. But not buying that was News Talk ZB's Wellington Morning host Nick Mills, who told his listeners Chris Farfoy should have gone sooner. I say, yeah, right. And I say, he should have gone when he wanted to go. Because he made a lot of us miserable by staying. The quite how a minister mostly described as well-liked made Nick Mills and others miserable, Nick Mills didn't say. But while the Prime Minister insisted that one of Chris Farfoy's key attributes was an ability to build relationships with anybody and everybody, she's replaced him as broadcasting minister with another former broadcaster who has tested relationships within the media over the years and at times harshly criticised peers and rivals. Before he went on Labour's list, Willie Jackson was a Māori media leader who pressed hard for more Māori news issues and people in mainstream media and it was a familiar refrain of his over the years that Māori media were always left with the crumbs. But since the 2020 election, Willie Jackson's been the Minister of Māori Development overseeing the funding of Māori media and back in March he told Radio Wātea he would resign if the new public media entity replacing RNZ and TVNZ didn't also benefit Māori. We want to see our people, hear our people in mainstream, uh, and that shouldn't take anything away from what we do in terms of a Māori sense, in terms of Māori TV and Māori radio. This is going to be an and-and, not a public media and see-you-later Māori broadcasting. I'd resign if that was the case. 
And late last month, Willie Jackson said this when he was asked about all that on Māori current affairs show The Hui. I've worked with Chris Farfoy in terms of the wider broadcasting story in Kaupapa. But my job in the last couple of years is to get money. I've got $80 million in over the last two years. That works out to about 15... I know people are still moaning, but it's still 15 20% of the overall budget. You'll know what the, the public media budget is. That's a good start, yep. and I think we've got the frameworks in place. Well, that was three weeks ago, and now Willie Jackson's taken over Chris Farfoy's role as Broadcasting Minister, as well as Minister of Māori Development. And that puts him in charge of the strategies for public media and Māori media, which in the past have overlapped, but essentially developed quite separately. Well, this week we wanted to ask Willie Jackson how he plans to manage all of that, but he was unavailable for interview. Though last Thursday he did have time for his weekly kōrero on Radio Wātea. Morena, bro. Morena. Good on you. Uh, I'm still... I'm, I'm a bit tired, big night last night, but uh, I'm still the Māori Development Minister too, Dale. It's, uh, it's, a more mahi, it's a more mahi to do and a, a really good opportunity. Well, that big night was Nā Tohu o Matariki o Te Tau, the sixth annual Matariki Awards hosted by Fakata Māori, Māori Television. But in that chat, Willie Jackson said he won't be giving any details to the media till next week, though he did tell Wātea host Dale Husband a bit about how he saw the opportunity. Obviously, it's a big opportunity for Māori, but it's a big opportunity for, for, for the whole country, really, in terms of getting a model uh, that suits uh, the country, suits and a lot of Kiwis who've, who've been sidelined by the broadcasting model, you know, whose stories aren't being told. So we do hope to hear from the new Minister of Broadcasting next week here on Media Watch, when we'll also look at his own colourful career in the media so far, which may mean a few bridges need to be built now that he's got the government's two big broadcasting responsibilities.